The escapades will continue. Welcome to Thus Far Podcast by DJ Escape. Hey, and welcome back to yet another edition of Thus Far. The name is SK. Thank you for locking in and for listening. As always, I always want to know if you're good, hoping that you're taking care of yourselves and your loved ones. Out here, well, we're doing as good as we can, just trying to stay alive and staying safe and uh, pretty much just taking every day as it comes. Uh, last week, I had a small um, intro. <laughs> let me call it an intro or let me say it was just a glimpse into married life from my point of view. And I got a, a very interesting, interesting feedback from that. And uh, a lot of questions were asked. And I suppose we'll need to do a part two on that one. Uh, obviously, we could not do the entire, you know, I can't tell you everything I, I know, everything I want to say in literally 20 minutes, right? So there are a lot of moving parts and we'll break it down as we go. And eventually you might be able to see things my way, but probably not. People are different. The way you see things are probably very different from mine. Uh, but it's all good. It's all good. So today's show, like I said, I, I want to try and walk with that path of uh, questions that you want to know. So for the next few episodes, I'll just do my best to try and uh, respond to some of the questions that have been asked thus far. But one question that still continues to come over is uh, how life has been here in the United States. For someone who's uh, coming from a foreign land and, um, you know, there's so many differences. And trust me, if I had to do a show on that alone, that could probably take us days because there's so many little details to it that I would want to share. But I suppose eventually as we go, we'll break it all down and see how best we can uh, paint that picture for you. But for me specifically today, I wanted to focus on something that is really, you know, very, it's kind of a sad story. Uh, I know you've been following the news and uh, what's going on over here. Protests are uh, happening uh, all over the country. And um, it makes you think. So you'd want to know. I mean, you would try to think, okay, where do I stand, right? I'm not even from this country. Um, where do I stand? So I'm going to try to paint a picture for you and hopefully it will kind of give you an idea of where I stand as far as what's going on. About um, about a year into living in the United States, I actually posted something. It was a very long post, a very long post on my Facebook page where I was trying to paint a picture of some of the little funny little things that I missed the most, right? But in that post, I then had a paragraph where I kind of touched on what has inspired this show today. So I'm going to give that to you. But then I thought, you know what, just for kicks, let me read the entire thing. That way I kind of have it on record on this podcast. But at the same time, you might get a glimpse into some of the things that uh, I, I do miss that have kind of, you know, changed since my moving over here. Right. So I will read that post for you. I had to dig very deep to find it. Uh, this was 2017 and um, I have it here with me. So I'm going to just read it as is the way I wrote it and see 
if uh, I can try to paint that picture for you. Uh, and mind you, like I said, this is a year into living in this country. So obviously some things have changed from then up until now. And that's what I'll touch on towards the end of the show. So this is the one year me in the United States. This is what I said. A year ago on this day, I was at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport reuniting with my wife after a long time apart to start a home, a family, all in the pursuit of a better future for us and for our kids. And I said kids back then, it was plural. <laughs> right now, I'm not so sure. <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. I suppose it's the same mentality for most people who have left our Zimbabwe to try and find something better for themselves and their families. I've got to tell you, it's a give and take being out here. It comes at a price. And in most cases, the ultimate price to pay is being far from family and friends. I won't lie that I don't miss my family and my escapades. I do. A great deal. And I suppose now I have a better understanding of how most people who have been living overseas really feel. But hey, I guess it's all part of life, right? You've got to make some tough decisions sometimes. Someone asked me how it's been over here, and I can't deny that it's been good for the most part. Besides being reunited with my best friend and the vision of our unborn child, it has also been a little easy for us, thank God. Uh, it didn't take me too long to find a good job, and I don't take that for granted. I suppose Zingorinyasha. Besides missing family, I miss the microphone the most. But I won't dwell on that too much because But I'm happy to say that it may be a thing of the past soon because I'm slowly finding my way back to my passion. So just watch the space. The escapades will continue. <laughs> and continue they did. Look at us today. This is episode number six. Well, it's number seven. Oh my gosh. Yes. Carry on. I miss Makotapea Maombi. Makotapea are avocados for my fellow friends. Um, I know that was a random one, but I just still don't understand why their avocados are just so small and yet so expensive. I'll never get that. It's ridiculous. And in a few days, enjoy my avocado with some salt. I could never understand sugar. Anyway, I miss a lot of stuff. Did I tell you they bleach maguru nemazondo kuno? I don't understand it. For the why? LOL. And we have to drive a long way to a Spanish shop to get them. Shaking my head. But it's always worth it. Um, but just not the same ni kwedu. I miss mubora, especially waibikwa na moms. I have no idea kutuvano isepi mubora kunoku. Waninga wano pisa. After they harvest mananga to make pumpkin pies and Halloween heads. A tradition I still don't understand, by the way. It kind of freaks me out. But then again, kweduo 
Kunejiguri, LOL. <laughs> and they equally freak me out. So I guess we just carry on. I'm trying to think of what else I miss, but my mind is going blank because it's a lot. I'll probably remember all of this and tapeza with this, but I'm sure by now you're getting the picture. There seemed to be racial tension in some areas over here. I have not been subjected to any of it, but you definitely feel it. And this is new to me because back home, we didn't know anything like that at all. It's a little sad that some of my fellow Zimbabweans living overseas may have experienced some of these injustices, all because they're trying to get a better future for themselves and their family. But we pray that things get better with time, the world over. Biggest prayer, though, is for our country, for things to get better and for hope to be reignited in our people again. Daneta Nuktaipa, if you want to hear more, Unozo Yakusiri or in the comments, LOL. Have a lovely Thursday. Stay blessed. Register to vote. The escapades will continue. Those were my hashtags. And register to vote, I believe I was doing that because it was about the time for Zimbabwean elections at the time. I think so, yes. So, that was my post. So I guess it kind of gives you a glimpse because a lot of things have not changed from then. Like Makotape, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but anyway, that's not the, the heartbeat of this story today. Today, my thus far is focusing on racism and racists, uh, racial discrimination. Uh, it's something I, I hardly ever talk about, but it doesn't mean I don't see it or feel it you know for me it's kind of a foreign language like i don't get it because we have never really been subjected to it and i want to say that carefully because some people will obviously start to catch feelings and say hey our forefathers were slaves and all that i get that but personally i have never endured any racial discrimination before so that's where the, the that's where the struggle starts for some of us especially in a country like Zimbabwe where you know racism is not so amplified as it is over here and you get into a country like that you start to see things and you hear things and you start to feel some type of way regardless of who you are you know, even if you've never been subjected to it, you kind of feel like you have. Past couple of days, I felt like one of us, you know, I almost said one of them, but, you know, I, we're in this together. We're the same, regardless of where I come from. The fact that I see someone being mistreated and sadly, in this case, someone actually died out of the hands of brutality, the hands of, um, you know, you, 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 you don't want to believe that it's racism. You want to believe we're past that. You want to believe it's, it's not there anymore. But you're constantly reminded that, nope, 
to very much alive. Because these are some of the things that we see and you're like, dang. But back where I come from, there's nothing like that. So you find yourself stuck in a dilemma and you're thinking, okay, dang, I don't like this. But what do I do? Do I go back home? Which is a non-starter because you can't go back home. Because there's nothing there for you. Right? And you think, so what then does one do? You've come from a foreign land and in the land you're living, things are just upside down. It's just ridiculous. Look at the leadership in that country. And some of the rhetoric, some of the words that they use. You know, you just be like, oh my gosh. You know, there's, there's just this thick tension. <laughs> I don't know if I'm explaining it right. But what I'm saying is you feel it too. Whatever you feel, if you're one of my fellow uh, African-American um, listening to this and you think, oh, you're from Zimbabwe, you wouldn't understand. Trust me, I might not really understand it completely because I've never been subjected to it. And I lived most of my life in a country where that was not a thing for me personally or to see it happen, you know. I mean, I could talk about police brutality. Yes, that I've seen. But when we talk about racism, it's something that we know existed back in the day. But for our country, I wouldn't say it's something that we see every day, right? But now, being exposed to all this, you start to say, to think, oh my gosh, okay. We're still here. Nothing has changed. And nothing probably ever will. That's where the the drama begins that's where my conflict begins because you're thinking because i mean if you have a white supremacist right whatever they're going to teach their kids is what's what they're going to carry over whatever we're being taught is what we're going to go with right there has to be a shift of mindset somewhere then you wonder who are we going to teach and what are we going to teach them what are we going to teach our, excuse me, what are we going to teach our kids? Because for most, for most people in the black community, especially maybe where I come from, we, I don't know if there's ever been a conversation around that. I was impressed the other day seeing uh, this little clip about black parents who were teaching their children how to act when they have been uh, pulled over or there, there's a police officer and it was really sad to watch but to survive it kind of means that's what you need to do one eight, eight year old was saying that she's been taught to say to put her hands up and say her name her age and to say officer I do not have any weapon on me I don't have anything that could cause you harm. And that just made me so sad. But that's reality. That's you've got to now start acting in ways that will keep you alive. Right? Because that's that's what they're teaching their kids. And I applaud that. But now I have a child born in this system. And now you're thinking, what will I teach her? What will I 
tell her to do? Do I tell her the same thing? Looks like that's what's going to happen. You know? And it's now about staying alive. Staying out of trouble. That's one thing that I can tell you about being in this country. I, I do my best to stay out of trouble. <laughs> I mean, of course, I've always been that guy. <laughs> I've always been the one to run away from a fight. I'm going to tell you now. Like, I would often tell girls, if I'm dating a girl and we go out to the club and she's um, acting out and she's thinking that I'm going to fight for her, no. <laughs> no. Don't be acting out and, and thinking that I'm going to fight. I will not. I, I will apologize to the gentleman because I hate fighting. I, so I'm not going to fight, you know. So... I try to stay out of trouble. But staying out of trouble does not mean I don't feel what everyone else feels. But this is this is pretty much where it's going. It's, it's about now teaching your children um, how to act. And you have to lead that by example. Like I said, I've never been subjected to it. I suppose because of the two places that I'm at most of the time. It's either I'm at home or I'm at work. And at work, I suppose the company I work for has pretty much done a good job to try and minimize or avoid any racial uh, discrimination. So I applaud them for that. But anywhere else, you know, you can maybe control where you go and what you do. So I do my best. And not to say that it, it, it is enough. Because living in this country, I want to tell you, half the time you're afraid. I'm always walking and checking, you know, over my shoulder. Because you don't know what's going to happen next. You could literally be in a supermarket buying bread. And some crazy guy might just walk in with a gun and start shooting everyone. You've seen the stories. You know what I'm talking about. Not so long ago, a guy was shot in his home, in his house, you know, and then you wonder, where am I safe? And you know for a fact where you come from, that never happens. Do you go back? Then you start to think, dang, what's there to go back to? You know, country, a country where the economy is collapsed, it's, it's, it's terrible. And you go back there to do what? Because the reason I came over here was to try and provide a certain life for my child. It wasn't so much for me. It was because I was now about to be a dad. And you're looking at all the options that are available. And you say, you know what? I'm going to dive in. But once you're there, you start to see all these negative things going on. These people getting shot, people getting killed, the brutality, the racism. And you could easily say, you know what, uh, I'm going back. But you can't because there's nothing over there. I'm going to tell you while I've been here, I've done so much. I've done more for myself, for my family. For some of my friends, I've done so much more than I could have ever done 
had I stayed in Zimbabwe in 2016. And trust me, coming here was not easy. Because we, we already had that painting in our minds. We already had seen what the media had shown to us. It was not a very easy thing to do. You know? And my wife had to convince me pretty much almost two years. I'm going to say a year, really. Literally. To convince me to say, let's move. Because I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I didn't know it was this bad. So, so all this to say that what then do we do? Like I said, that video really touched my heart. And uh, just teaching them, and, and one of them was a young black American. And he's, he's, he's taught to raise his hands up whenever the office is there and He's told to say, can I please reach out, reach for my wallet in the back of my pocket, right? No sudden moves, no sudden, because at this point, that's really what's there between life and death. It's about making the right moves or no moves at all, right? And this is. And I have to say that, you know, for someone like me, I don't think you would ever see me in the streets, you know, in these protests. Like, not because I don't support the cause. No, but it's just in my, the nature of me. Even back in Zimbabwe, you would never see me walking in the streets. Like I said, I'm the first man to run away from danger. <laughs> Any commotion, the few times that I've gone out and... Whenever they start to have a commotion, I am out of there in a rush. Especially in this country, because you don't know, you just don't know what's going to happen next. One moment you might just be in, in there protesting and the next someone just brings out a gun. And um, all this to say, man, living in this country is uh, its quite interesting. It's not the easiest because you kind of have to look over your shoulder almost all the time. You kind of have to make calculated moves. Whatever you do, you've got to calculate what's the risk factor of this? Who should I be going to that place? Is it going to be safe for me? Is there a potential for someone to go crazy over there? You have to think a lot before you go... Excuse me, before you go anywhere, what kind of life is that? It's kind of life that you have to live if you're living in this country. It's not the best life. So, I mean, the money is really what then keeps you here. If we're going to just be honest about it. Because now you, you get to start building building your life, providing um, in pursuit of your American dream. But what's the American dream anyway? That's another story. <laughs> you know. But um, I'm just, you know, trying to survive. And now I'm more aware than before of how divided 
people are in this country and how how you've just got to be careful but now it's a lot more because now I have a child in this country who I have to teach I have to teach her right from wrong I have to try and teach her what to do where to do it because like I said at this point it could mean life or death so yeah that kind of makes me a little sad because I know for sure back where I come from if things were well things were all right and I stayed over there these are some of the things you don't have to worry about the family unit kind of raises your child you know one week at grandma's you know they would just be taught our ways but over here i feel like it's really entirely up to me i can't rely on anyone else so yep it's uh interesting times So on that note I think let's just end it over here and just let you know that hey living in America it's all good and shiny <laughs> you know if you're lucky you get a good job decent income you can provide you can get you know start a life buy houses cars and all that You know, you you kind of live that life you've ever dreamed about, but it'll come at a price. And the price is to continuously just look over your shoulder and try to stay alive. Because at this point that's where we're at. I really hope that someday we find reason and we just treat each other equally. just treat each other right. I pray for that day. It may not come before I I go because I'm pretty sure this is something that even my parents or the previous generation prayed for. Then you you start to question so many things, but I won't get into that. But hopefully things do change and change for the better. So until we meet again on other escapades please stay safe not just from covid-19 but keep your mind safe try not to let everything you hear and see put you down use that as fuel to push for the next move protect yourself try not to get involved in things that could lead to death or to lead you to getting hurt be wise so i can tell you so until we meet again do take care of yourselves and your loved ones this is sk signing out thank you for listening